Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the very last Saturday Draft Live of 2021. To paraphrase Bob Cratchit in a cinematic masterpiece that is The Muppets Christmas Carol. After all, there's only one more draft until Christmas. Although we're not phoning it in like Ross McLeod in his last central of the year. Uh, we are still here to bring you all the updates on the draft before we return next year, just after day one. We'll be back. And speaking of the Muppets, I am joined by the Rizzle the Rat to my great Gonzo slash Charles Dickens as David Hockney. For crying out loud. I mean, you know what? Just because it's a Muppets Christmas Carol and it's this time of year, I'll allow it. So good to see you, Scott. Rizzle's got some of the best lines in that film, you should be on. <laughs> yeah, that is true, actually. Yeah, classic film. Remember, Dave, light the lamp, not the rat. Yeah, yeah, anyway. understood. <laughs> so obviously... You expect us to take some time off over Christmas, you know, because we record this on a Saturday and Christmas this year is a Saturday. So if it was up to this man who's joining us, we be, would be working on Christmas Day. But we had to say to him, please, Mr. Scrooge, you know, other drafts will be closed. You'll have no one to do scores with. Uh, fresh off his unsuccessful attempt to cash in a spare change in the tin that we all forgot that he had is Mr. Steve Wilson. Yes, I am here to answer all the questions about this. Uh, first thing, uh, no, the two-week break is not us having a circuit breaker to stop the spread of the new Omicron variant. That is not a reason for that. Um, two, I would, uh, I'm planning on a little special next week for just David Campbell to host this show for six hours. <laughs> uh, have him work over Christmas, but no, in all seriousness, uh, yeah. As, as you mentioned, Scott, uh, you need to have a break for Christmas. And also, uh, I turned 30 on the first. So I'm my hell doing Smackdown and Rampage scores on my birthday. You cannot say anything about turning 30. I turned 30 on Monday. So how do you think I feel? Yes, David. But the thing is, uh, you don't do the scores. So you can relax. You know, I am yeah. not doing the scores on my birthday. <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough. I think it's very selfish to see when I hosted a show on my birthday. But, you know, that's... That's by the by. And look, what happened, to you. And look what happened to you. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Let's go to the top three of the week, as we often do. And at number three is Biggie, the number one draft pick overall, uh, with number one by, by, by Jack Graham, uh, with eight points. Not really doing much for Jack when you actually look at it, compared to what it did for, for Ross last season. But even though Jack's like not really in the top three in terms of the top ten of the season, he's still in a decent place. And Dave, what else more is there to say about how reliable Big E can be as a pick? You know that I haven't said already. Like for most of last season, you know, even though Jack's still like mid table right now, you, know, you can see why he would have out of everybody picked Big E first. I uh, it's Big E's been the most reliable competitor of the last couple of seasons, and despite you know losing in the sort of gauntlet match format to Bobby Lashley. He's still making consistent appearance points backstage and in promos and stuff. That's what's racking up, racking him up big points. Like everybody backstage loves him. The fan love fans love him. 
there's a reason he's been on TV for that long, and that's why he's scoring big points, even if he does end up taking a few pinfall losses, because what really matters is what happens in title defenses and on pay-per-view. So that's where the big points are going to lie for Big E, you know, despite, you know, a couple of setbacks here and there on TV. But the important thing is he's scoring big points, and that is very, very important for keeping Jack afloat here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And I know they're trying to create this air of unpredictability, but I, I can't personally see Big E losing at day one. So that pay-per-view tail defence could definitely be what Jack needs to get himself into the top five of the season. But, you know, you mentioned Bobby Lashley, and so, uh, Stephen, I'll come to you about Bobby Lashley. A member of the GOATS team, well, actually, he was all over Raw to earn himself into the into the match at day one for the WWE title. First time in a long time that you know, Bobby Lashley has you know, been picked as a singles competitor. And you know, how do you think he's really fared in his like, first season and God knows how long as a singles pick? Yeah, for anybody else who was at this inner uh, draft chat, we heard all throughout Monday from David Campbell uh, that Lashley's going to do something. Lashley's going to be everywhere. And for once, he was right. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I it's a, couldn't have asked for a better night. The only way that the night could have been better for David with Lashley is if he captained, if Lashley was his captain. But I can understand why Lashley's not his captain if he's got Charlotte Flair on his team. But yeah, it's uh, pretty much, you know, three wins, like four, five appearances throughout the night. Yeah, it's pretty much spot on. Will Lashley win at day one? I think he's probably now the least likely of the four still to win that match. I would have said KO was the the least likely at the start of the week, but now I'm less sure about that. Mm-hmm. But will Lashley get pinned? Uh, I doubt it. So it's a fairly good situation for David now. He's got a guy in the WWE title match on pay-per-view. It didn't look like he was going to have MD on that card for day one now. And yeah, in fact, he won't get pinned in a four-way means he doesn't get any lost points. So yeah, it's a pretty much a win-win. Mm-hmm. So yeah, going to the fact that he's had to pin the other members of the match to get in automatically means that he won't, you know, probably win the title. But then we've got the rumble afterwards and, uh, you know, points for eliminations and Bobby Lashley, you never carrying out a dominant display in the Royal Rumble for... Or Bobby Lashley, but speaking of dominant performances, Ross uh, with Big E's, he's gotten last season had a bit of a dominant performance, and now one of his picks is in the top three again, at number one with twelve points. Seth Rollins, who's also in that big match at day one, who I think out of all the challengers are most likely to potentially take it if they were going to switch the title. Uh, Dave, what do you think? I think it's proven that Seth Rollins once again is one of the most consistent top competitors we've ever had in the draft and you know once again shows that Ross you know was smart because he knew he couldn't get likes of Roman or Big E or probably Becky uh, given he was picking last but he was still smart enough to pick somebody like Seth Rollins. Mm. Uh, Seth Rollins is sort of returning to the stage he was at a couple of years ago you know he's consistently on TV and he's scoring big points and this week just proves you know just as how how valuable he is to Monday Night Raw as in conjunction with like Big E and a few other names too. Uh, Seth Rollins as, as well is currently sitting at the top t- top position of the highest scorers this season, 36 points overall. Uh, but there's like a, a battle for deciding who's like joint second at the minute between four other people. But he's standing head and shoulders above 
uh, all the scorers at the minute. And I think that comes down to Ross putting the captaincy on him as well. But I'm starting to see a pattern here. Like Seth Rollins appears to be the juggernaut for Ross's team as well because the rest of his team has scored less than 10 points so far. So are we seeing a, a sort of sense of deja vu here with you know Ross and one solo juggernaut performer here? Yes. Yes, 100%. <laughs> deja vu. Two seasons in a row being carried by one team member. Unbelievable. <laughs> Well, you know, you can't complain it was good enough for me to win last season, so, you know, sometimes it works. Uh, but I do agree with what what David said about, you know, kind of this return to form for Seth, because Daniel uh, Campbell didn't have the best season last season, but Seth Rollins was far and away his best scorer above everybody else on his team, so it does feel like even in his worst seasons, Seth will still be, like, one of your top, if not the top performer on your team. He's, but, he's you know, still... He's still the third best all time on the mm-hmm. draft. He's thirty points behind Bailey, and it's a good chance he probably will over. Well, he has overtaken Bailey now. For he's now obviously second. Well, he stay that way. Depends if you know Bailey shows up in the rumble, which is what Tom McManus is banking on. <laughs> and Tom will need to need uh, to hope that that happens because as we go to the top twelve of the season, obviously Matt uh, Matt Smith in twelfth as he has been for the pretty much all the season, I think, so far. 24 and a half points, you know, he's also a league winner, so he's had to learn some harsh lessons in the big time here. Tom, who, on our first show of the year, everybody was, pretty much most of the panel was agreeing, would be uh, in the bottom part of the, the tail, like, finished, like, dead last, but, you know, he held it in about 7th or 8th for a while, but now he's dropped down to 11th with 35 points, which I don't mind at all, because maybe with help from... You know, a Ridge Holland win on SmackDown, I might say leapfrog him and 10th with 39 points, just behind Daniel Campbell on 42 points. The goal is on an 8th pace with my favourite number of 44 points, with Jack Graham just ahead of him on 47.5 points, probably helped by the big EU forwards then with Seth Rollins' appearances, Ross is just ahead of him on 52 points. Uh, David Hockney, you were just one point ahead of Ross on 53 points. Uh, and then Gary, one point ahead of you on 54 points, so very interesting there. Only one point separates uh, 6, 5, and 4. Then we go up to, and even in third position, one point separates them as well, with Alan McLucas uh, with 55 points. I'm sure he's very happy with that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> agree, possibly our, our best performance so far uh, in a draft season with 62 points in second place, but She's, there's still a bit of a gap between her and the number one position, who just so happens to be Mr. Stephen Wilson on 76 yeah. points. And we'll talk about the team that has helped them get to those 76 points, but even though it's Christmas, I will turn out, think about what I'm hoping I get for my Christmas, go get my advent calendar, while Dave runs down the final listeners' league of 2021. Yes. And we're starting off with a battle for fifth place. We For tied for fifth place, we have Tom Brock and the Brock and Roll Express and Mike Nunn with the Sports Entertainers, both on 66 points. Now, Mike has actually had a bit of a... has only just broken into the top five here just now. Not scoring massive this week, only 15 points scored. But looking at his team very quickly, uh, he's one of our newest entries this year. His captain is Brian Danielson, so he's doing the Sarah Grieve strategy of hopefully picking up wins over the Dark Order. It will get him up the, 
up the table here. But he's also got RK Bro, Seth Rollins, Ray Ripley, Gigi Dolan, and unfortunately, the recently released Jeff Hardy. So he's not operating with a full team here, but it's uh, on paper, it actually looks pretty impressive with a good, uh, good range over multiple promotions. Now, Tom, on the other hand, you know, he's obviously a veteran. He's also got uh, Brian Danielson as his captain. The Usos incurring a loss. His tag team didn't really help his cause. Uh, but Seth Rollins scoring big this week is what's keeping him afloat. Next, we have Gary Morris with Bring Back Hunter on six, 69 points. Giggity. Giggity. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm sensing a theme here because all these guys have got Brian Danielson as their team captains. But um, much more AEW heavy with Gary's team because he has the Lucha Brothers and Tony Schiavone. Uh, but also a few NXT representatives with Braun Breaker and Gigi Dolan. So very much, you know, AEW, NXT, Wednesday Night Wars. Maybe not as diverse as we'd have liked, but he's still holding firm. Next, we have Dan Wood, who is doing a terrible job of aiming for last place again on 70 points. Dan, obviously, being a very uh, a returning competitor, his captain, Seth Rollins, uh, obviously the big scorer this week, so that's what's keeping him in third place. Uh, RK Bros is tag team, along with a win for Sasha Banks uh, and also Liv Morgan, Sami Zayn, both making appearances on Raw. So a very, again, another decent-looking team on paper. Let's just hope he can maintain third place and, well, actually, maybe he should just follow his team goal and just aim for last place, but at the minute, he's doing the exact opposite. Next, we have the best tag team partner in the draft you could ask for, Robert Shaw, with team budget cuts on 74 points. Now, Robert, again, Brian Danielson is the team captain and RK Bros is tag team, a very popular combination with these two. Uh, along with Seth Rollins, uh, he also has Raquel Gonzalez, Thunder Rosa, and Tony Schiavone. Again, uh, mostly AEW heavy and NXT as well, but a couple of Raw representatives too, both scoring big points either way. So he's doing doing pretty well with that. But top of the table this week, we have Jim O'Mac and Jim's Unholy Rollers on 79 points. Now, Jim obviously is also a new competitor himself. And would you believe it? Seth Rollins is his team captain. He also has RK Bro, Damian Priest, Malachi Black, Thunder Rosa, and Cora Jade. So... A couple of AEW representatives, one NXT and the rest for Monday Night Raw. Damian Priest, of course, you know, he's been defending the US title as of late. He's been heavily featured. Definitely a, a decent first round pick, but hoping that keeps him afloat along with Seth Rollins, you know, scoring big left, right and center. But one thing I should point out, um, score points scored this week. We have Alan Laurie, you know, a very loyal listeners league competitor. He's slowly making his way up the ranks, scoring 25 points this week, and he's just outside the the top five ross henderson as well as someone we should keep an eye on too because even though he's a little bit far down the table he's been scoring big this week uh largely because his team captain was bobby lashley so he's had a very impressive this week as well so let's not rule out anything just yet about the top five being set in stone because there are a couple of guys a little bit further down who might just slowly start making their way up as the weeks progress so that has been the last listeners league of 2021 and i'll hand it back over to you scott yeah, we, yeah, we will will keep an eye on that, and by we, you mean you? Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you, you will keep an eye on that. I will, I will. Okay. Could you imagine the irony if uh, Robert Shaw wins his second listeners' league, but it'd be the second time that he comes up to the top league and has to be in a tag team? I know. Maybe it's like fortune favors uh, the tag team season with Robert Shaw. Well, the only thing that'd be worse is if he had to tag team with the same partner again. You know, you know who shall he uh, tag partner? He shall remain nameless. You piped down. Like, me and him <laughs> were an excellent tag team last season. I love you know. We just got a bit unlucky with, you know, not with Bianca not getting the women's tag titles with Sasha. 
we got unlucky with not winning. <laughs> Still top half of the table, so I can't really complain. Uh, but, you know, speaking, looking at the, the table, by the way, I think I should say this because I think it's the best time to do it. I was probably going to do it. I was hoping to do it maybe closer to the Rumble, but I think I should make it official here. Uh, before we go into the team, I'd like to officially change my captain from uh, from Sonia and Pierce to Drew McIntyre, which obviously everyone could probably see coming, but I'm doing it a lot earlier because I have a feeling he's going to have a match against Corbin uh, day one, and logic would dictate he should probably win that. Well, so, you know, a captain say pay-per-view points is what I really need here. Actually, I think on SmackDown, Corbin said he, Drew would be facing Madcap at day one. Well, that's even better. That's a guaranteed win. Aye, that's a guaranteed, guaranteed captaincy win here now. There we go. And then we've got the Rumble coming up here. And if even if he doesn't win, he's hopefully going to be very dominant in the Rumble as big Drew. So. Yeah. Also, I also made an announcement of a captaincy change earlier on. I just hope that's been applied now with uh, Damian Priest as my team captain, changing from the Lucha Brothers. You know, we've got a couple of pay-per-views coming up. Maybe a couple of US title defences on pay-per-view will help bump me up to, to top place. Well, they both lost this week, David, so... <laughs> I know, I know, but it's, it's the pay-per-view that counts. Uh, Dave doesn't care about the Lucha Brothers anymore. He finally got his two out of three falls match. He's gotten what he needs out of them. The two, aye, the two out of three falls on Rampage was the, the one that was hoping to get big points from. But nah, they're, they're not pulling their weight, so they had to, they had to give them the, the captaincy armband over. What, what happened, Dave? You were, you were so... Affronted that nobody picked the Lucha Brothers by the time I got to you. What? What's changed all of a sudden, Dave? Basically, Phoenix decided to not show up. No. He pulled a sickie. He said, "Triple A was tag team in the bombing league this year." <laughs> Phoenix decided that performing at Triple A was more important than performing at Rampage because he doesn't like you. So yeah, I'm switching to Drew because you know I'm hoping in the new year with day one and things like that that my team will start will pick it up again as I hope they would because. They say you did probably press pause on the bloody TBS tournament and Jay Gargles performing on Bath and Dark. So she's doing bugger all for me right now. But, you know, it's not about me. It's about Stephen Wilson in this episode. And you are in the top position with 76 points. Let's look at uh, some of your top performers, both on 21 in the top newcomers position because one of them has been picked as a singles competitor for the first time and one of them's fairly new to the draft. Xavier Woods and Braun Breaker, uh, your third, your second and third round picks respectively. Uh, Braun Breaker got a big win uh, at Takeover, you know, winning for his team in the War Games match, and you got Xavier Woods, uh, King of the Ring, uh, performing on SmackDown. Uh, how confident are you about you know these picks, these two picks? Because you know I don't think they'll do Braun Breaker getting his title shot again this season, but mm-hmm. there's every chance that Woods could uh, bring you. You know, gold again with uh, the New Day versus the Usos at day one. So, in terms of second and third round picks, you can't do much worse than these two. Nah, I was quite breaker. I was really confident about going in because what I, I agree with you. I don't think the title shot with Champa again will come this season. However, I thought with the War Games match, I thought that he was guaranteed to get the win there to help build to that Champa rematch. And he's pretty. He's regularly appearing on. NXT 2.0, he got a win this week over Roddy Strong, which helps. I think he's always going to look strong. So I think for a second round pick, uh, given where I was in the snake draft, I think it's pretty solid. If you look at 
the ones that came after me, Kevin Owens, Finn Balor, Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, Raquel Gonzalez, Kayleigh Ray, Malachi Black, I think is pretty much as good as I could get at that point anyway. So it's pretty solid. Xavier Woods, uh, my thinking pre-season was I thought he might have continued the feud that they had just before Survivor Series with uh, Roman Reigns. Uh, obviously, it's turned out that they've shifted that over to the Usos, which I can't complain about too much as him and Kofi are winning quite consistently, which is, you know, a, a joy for me. I didn't think they would actually get a lot of wins in that way. Uh, last night's SmackDown result, though, with the U-Day winning over the Usos has left me a bit concerned for day one based purely on WWE booking logic. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, I'll probably judge it in the next week or so. Woods is my captain, which has actually helped with that score as well. So I'll judge in the next week or so whether to keep it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm interested in that with uh, Woods being your captain because you've also got Bianca Belair on your team. She was your number one pick overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got nine, nine points at the minute, so I'm also not as good as she's done in previous seasons, but at some point, maybe in the new year, getting closer to the Rumble, is there any chance of potentially switching the captaincy over to her? Because I don't, I wouldn't count her out. Maybe go, you know, be the first woman to go back to back in terms of the the Rumble win. Now, my, my thinking kind of is at this present time, my thinking is Bianca will have a. If she doesn't win the Rumble, she'll be like either the Iron Woman or the most elimination. She'll have a strong performance in that women's Rumble for definite. My one concern with Bianca at the start of the season was would they keep her strong on TV? Would she be winning matches and that type of thing? She has been, but if I put the captaincy on her to start with, she would have been on 18 points and, you know, Woods would have been on 10 and a half, so I would have actually been, you know, worse off, slightly worse off, but worse off. So I wasn't confident in how she'd be doing on TV, which is why I didn't start with her. But my current thinking is still at the moment that I will put it on at some point. It's just where I'm going to put it. I mean, it, it, it could turn out that things don't work out for her. You know, you know, fucking COVID can throw curveballs left, right and centre right now. So there's potential other options in there. But my thinking is, yeah, closer to the rumble, she'll be my captain. Hmm. Dave, do you have any questions about Steven's team? I, I think the... In hindsight, I think I do have a bit of a question about Dante Martin because I remember saying in the kickoff show when we selected the teams that would there be a danger of him either splitting his time between Dynamite Rampage and Dark? Uh, And currently he's your lowest scoring performer with only four points. And I admit, you know, he has appeared a couple of times on, uh, on Dynamite and Rampage, but do you think he's um, probably not going to score as many points as you'd have hoped? I always had a feeling he was going to be one of my lower scorers. Uh, I mean, granted, I mean, in the three weeks so far, he's been the joint winner of the, the Diamond Ring, Dynamite Diamond Ring Battle Royal. And if it wasn't for Ricky Starts, he could have won that match with MGF this week. So he's in a decent position. I mean, losing to MGF on Dynamite, given where MGF is you know, if a feud with Punk coming up isn't the worst position. I feel like he might be more used on Rampage in the coming weeks than on Dynamite. I don't think he'll go to Dark because I think they might push this whole Ricky Starts thing 
again, especially because Ricky starts his own commentary on Rampage, so it's an, a, a logical place to have him, even though he wasn't on the show last night, but that's a certain thing. In hindsight, um, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the people, uh, the male picks picked after him, I don't really see any of them are actually doing much better overall. I mean, obviously, Roddy Strong's an exception just based on takeover alone. The only guy I think I might have wanted to pick over him now is Brock. But, you know, Brock's a Brock's a, a big risk pick. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure if I was wanting to make a big risk. I'd made a couple of big risk picks before it and break it in Woods at the time. Uh, so well, I wasn't break- Breaker and Woods has certainly paid you off here, you know, both scoring 21 points. Yeah. But my only other question I had was with the Street Profits, your tag team selection. Now, it has been announced that their their num- their championship contender match with the Mysterios has been pushed back to the 27th of December. Mm-hmm. You know, that, and that's going to cost you valuable points because apparently Montez Ford is dealing with some medical issue. Uh, do you think that's going to hinder potentially what could be uh, big tag team points and possibly another tag title win this season? Um, it might cost me a bit of points. Will it cost me a loads? I'm not 100% sure. Um, I was quite confident they would beat the Mysterios uh, going into it. It's maybe just meant that they might not have... That's two weeks worth of appearance points missed. Uh, yeah, it could... And then obviously, if the match has been pushed back two weeks, the tag title match could still happen at day one, if that's the plan. It won't affect that much too much. So... I'm not too concerned at this point. Would I be concerned in a couple of weeks if things don't go right? Yeah. Um, generally, my team, I'm, I'm quite pleased about overall. I didn't expect to be this high up at this point in the season, I'm going to be brutally honest. Uh, the likes of uh, Cora Jane's been a revelation for me. Cora mm-hmm. Jane, sorry. She's been, uh, if you told me at the start of the season that Cora Jane would be the joint top Astro pick, I would have said, nah, you're top the absolute shape. But... <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm pleasantly pleased right now. Even if the Street Profits don't beat the Mysterios, I don't think it's a disaster. Because they've started the season quite solidly, six points, you know. It's not the worst position in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, who knows? They could get the title shot potentially at day one. I think when we come back in a couple of weeks, the table is going to probably look drastically different with day one coming around uh, with all the big matches on there and then the lead up to the Rumble. You know, could really, really shake up the scores. I definitely think Sarah, you know, being the closest person to you in the table, could really like make make a run for it uh, in the time we we're away because obviously she's got RK Bro, so a, a successful defence for RK Bro on on day one could uh, really help her. I think I think to be fair with uh, I think the best way you can really keep your like spot as number one right now is to hope that at day one. That Woods does get, you know, the title and all along with Kofi, given he is your captain. I mean, I mean, Sarah's not my biggest fear at the moment. I mean, Grant, as you say, if that tag team match, tag team title match goes that way, then that could be a decent swing. Um, Jack in his position, that I know he's a bit far down the table, but if you look at the guys he's got in his team going into day one, he's got Liv Morgan with a title match, he's got Brock Lesnar with a title match, he's got Big E with a title match, Usos with a title match. Mm. All those things go his way. That's a thing. That's a swing and a half. Oh yeah, so yeah, bigger swing than North Shropshire. <laughs> so that's kind of a. He's he, him picking one was always the concern. They had a slow start, but if everything at that if that day one pay per view goes his way, that could be a worrying 
one for all of us, you know, because yeah. he, if he goes top, we might struggle to catch him. But if, he, if if all of us can keep him at bay, then we may have a decent shot at it. But I'm not I'm, I'm not going to make too many predictions about my season at the moment because, as you say, I, I could have something like Dante Martin could just stop because could start appearing on elevation, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cora Jade might actually be injured, you know, so. <laughs> and the street and obviously Montez Ford's injury might be something else. I mean, two week delay. It might be you could put two and two together what it might be, but I'm not gonna speculate. <laughs> yeah. But like I said with Jack, you know, Big E being the captaincy, especially if he retains in the four way, the Usos Usos wouldn't would especially affect you because it'd bring his them up significantly because they're only on four points for his team. But also it would be it would come at the expense of your captain, Xavier Woods. So this could be where Jack really pulls back and you know, things start to go his way from the fact that he picked number one. Uh, and, and even more worrying thing is, if Lesnar was to lose, that would up Lesnar's chances for the Rumble as well, which mm. is more frightening. Yeah, that, that is. Uh, I think we said, I think she might be a bit higher if Danielson actually managed to win the, mm-hmm. the, the title at Winter's Coming. But you know, these draws are becoming a bit too common for my liking in AEW. Like, because I don't, because I keep watching. Like, what does this do to the scores? Yeah, it's, it's a, I mean, to be fair, she's probably came out better this week than Matt, because obviously Matt's got Hangman and she's got Danielson. So most people would have thought that Paige would have won the match. So it's actually yeah. more damage for Matt, yeah. More. And Matt, poor Matt at the bottom of that. He would have thought, yeah, I can get this win and it can boost me up the table a wee bit. But no, he's still considering. If he can beat the lowest ever score of draft history. <laughs> so further pile on him, Matt, he's got Jeff Hardy's his fifth round pick who got released recently. So that's just he's just not having a good go of it, is he? I mean, you only think, give him that. Yeah, he's not working at the moment. Yeah, I mean MGF, I think, and Britt Baker, he's two most reliable at the minute because Britt Baker's got a, a title defense confirmed against Rio at Battle of the Belts, but. I don't think that's going to be really enough to help him. Mm. But we look, at, we had to look ahead and into the new year. This is a season's kind of a, a sprint, not a marathon. So before you know it, we'll be at the rumble, and this season would all be over. And we made references to tag teams, and the season following that is the tag team season. So it will be long before people have to figure out who do they really want to be paired up with in the season. What's the best case scenario? What's the worst case scenario? Uh, so looking at both having the experience in the tie team season, you know, was a chance. You know, the, it's all determined by the wheel. It's a chance for all new teams here. I'll start with Steven as you the guest. Who are you hoping to potentially be paired up with? Because also we, even at this time, we don't know if some people are going to stick around the season or if some people might join us because the lineup can always change season to season. Yeah, that's the thing because we've got twelve people in the league right now, but we we've. we've we know going into that we're going to have a lot of people coming back that couldn't be in this league. Uh, you know, we've got Ryan, unfortunately, back with the GOAT. And we've got Stacey as well. <laughs> but looking at it, I, I think I mentioned this last year that I would quite like, actually, I said I wanted to be the Listeners League winner. I'm not too confident on that now, four seasons later, that we've had all these Listeners League winners in. Uh, I put me with Gary. I would love to be with Gary. I think we would think quite similar in the same wavelength. I think Gary's the thing that sometimes lets Gary down is the as he's non-main roster picking. 
which I think I could mm-hmm. help with, you know, so I think that'd be quite a lethal combination. Yeah, uh, Gary always does seem to be like very consistent in terms of his picks like on paper, but just always one one thing that seems to hold him back from cracking like into the number position, getting at least that first draft win. Uh, Dave, you seem to have enough defenseman tail with your last partner, but if you were lucky enough not to be paired with a listener's league winner, uh, who would you like to be paired with in the tag team season? You know what? I think it would be good to pair with a, with a former winner as well. I'd, I'd like to pair with Jack. Uh, you know, I think, you know, he's had a, a couple of rough seasons as of late, but, you know, he's a two-time winner. He certainly knows what he's doing most of the time. And, you know, I think uh, an SDL duo might be what we need to shake the, the tag team season up. I love how you said he could t- he's had a couple of rough seasons, but we've kind of, we've speculated on this show that he could become the first free-time winner of the draft. That's <laughs> true. But yeah, it's, um, I mean, just because he's won twice doesn't mean he's had consistent performances all around. You know, it's either hit or miss. It's kind of like how I feel as well. Like, you know, most of the time I get good seasons and most, but there's always, I always have the occasional stinker. But I think, you know, if the two of us uh, work together, I think we could certainly be a, a force to be reckoned with. I mean, pairing two former multiple time winners of the draft together does not always create the best form for success as me and Stephen can attest to, Dave. Yeah. Where, where's, your, where's, where's your optimism? Like, don't bow, don't bow down to team pressure to pick Kashida. That's my <laughs> or, or, or Charlotte Flair. Yeah. I said to pick, I said to pick Big E. Oh, we did pick Big E, <laughs> Yeah, we did pick Big E. <laughs> but oh, no, it's number one. Which we probably uh, should have in hindsight. Yeah, probably should have. <laughs> but, but ironically, I think we talked about the Listeners League winners over the last couple of seasons. I think finishing mid-table with Dave is the best score a Listeners League winner's probably done. Yeah, I helped the Listeners League out. So maybe maybe the Listeners League winner should be with me again. Because then at least they'll know they'll have a strong finish. In fairness, the other three have come in like completely like fresh out of water. Like JP came in thinking, where's the pots? It's like, no JP, you need to pick your own team players. <laughs> but Robert Shaw at least came in and going, uh, Dave's like, this is what you do, this is what you do, this is what you do. It's like, oh, fair enough. I think, I think if um, if we have an odd number of players and Robert Shaw wins the listeners' league, he should be given a crack by himself. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> fair enough. I always find the Titan season very interesting because, like, half the number of people you know available, which means that. You know, you know, the, you can still be at the odd risk here and there, but it's not like when there's like ten or twelve people when you've got the most random like last round picks and the last round like at the time Cora Jade would seem to be like a, such a random last round pick, but you know that's worked out. Uh, and we've got a history of people choosing out their picks for the last couple of rounds. Uh, in terms of who I'd like to be paired with, you know, I thought it would have been fun if me and Goat somehow got paired together given our history, but you know. He says, no, I want my pal from last season back. Typical. Uh, I'd like to be paired with Jack. You know, I'm not angry that Dave chose him over me, but that's by the by. Uh, but I'd just like to say, please, to the gods of fate or whatever, to decide uh, what, who will be paired with who, please don't pair me with whoever wins the Listener's League. I, I cannot afford to prop somebody else up. I mean, there's some, there's some, there's some good 
drafters in there, if, uh, uh, given what Dave has the table for. I mean, if Tom Brock wins it, Tom Brock's been the most consistent Listeners League player not to win. He's like the Gary Kernahan of the Listeners League. Is, is, is the idea of me being paired with Tom Brock supposed to boost my optimism here? I mean, there could be, there's worse things. Ryan Douglas is ninth. There's worse people oh. to be. <laughs> oh good god so yeah uh, we've started talking about listening to league and my christmas but i can feel draining out of me so we're going to wrap up the final show there before before it gets any worse thank you Stephen wilson for joining us for the last show of the year thank you i welcome the chase bring it on people bring it on <laughs> we'll see how he feels after day one yes uh, it'll, be, it'll be a completely different story <laughs> David Hockney will continue to read the Listeners League winners' scores to himself for the next two Saturdays uh, while we're on break. No way. I am going out and celebrating, turning, entering my uh, third decade. So you so you hope. So you hope. Whoa. I just, I just got really dark. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been Scott McClary. Thank you for, for joining us. Thank you for actually to Saturday Night Live over the last year. And, you know, onward to 2022, the next tie team season. Who knows what's going to happen? Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. There now follows an enthusiastic advert for Quiz Showdown X7. Hi, I'm Scott McLeod, and I am hosting Quiz Showdown X7 Christmas Ain't Easy. There will be rounds on wrestling on Christmas, and last will be had by all. It will be a good time. You should watch it. That was an enthusiastic advert for Quiz Showdown X7.